Hey, the Washington football team that classified best podcast that's out there. You know we got some good people like Eric and Ellie, they on there. We know Washington football team, the best team out there, and we don't care. They used to talk about how we ain't make it to the players, but boy, did y'all go there? Let's talk about Chase Young getting them sacks. Let's talk about Gibson running it back. Let's talk about Terry Lawrence scoring touchdowns every time he catching that pass. Let's talk about Rupert Foster, how he's sitting there waiting for somebody to run that slant. Let's talk about Kim Fuller, how many picks he got. Yeah, the boy be still in the pass. six. Welcome back to the Washington Football Team Declassified Podcast. It has been a minute, Eric, huh? Yeah, it's we're going. It's it seems like as we get closer to the season, we stretch our podcast recordings out farther and farther. So, stupid vacations. Yeah, man. Hey, shout out to uh, Eddie and Mike for doing a guest host spot for us last week. They did a good job with that. Very good job. I want to remind everybody that if you're not already subscribed, go out, hit the subscribe button, make sure you stay locked in. Now that we got that out the way, we got a special guest in here. We say this every time, but this time I really, really mean it. We got the infamous Andy Burroughs in the building. Say what's up to the people, Andy. So how are you, my friend? Uh, thank you for having me on your amazing podcast. It's one of many I listen to on a weekly basis over here in the UK. So uh, absolute honor to be here with uh, the, the voice himself. <laughs> I appreciate that. And Andy is one of the the most genuine people out there. And he shows love to everybody in the podcast scene for the Washington football team podcast. So, or the Washington, any Washington football team podcast. So if you're not already checking their, his stuff out, Andy, tell the people where they can find you and your show. man. Yes. I'm the host of the DC tweet team uh, podcast. You can find us on Twitter at DC tweet team one, nine, three, two. The podcast is on Apple, Spotify, Google play, God, wherever you get podcasts, it's uh, it's on there. And um, I'm at Washington FC UK one on Twitter. And you got to read that Twitter handle carefully because you'll think it says very. <laughs> it was my little spin on football club over here in the UK. And after a while, I looked in and thought, oh Jesus. But um, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's got a few comments, but everyone's kind of gotten used to it now. That's awesome. So look, football's back, guys. It's August. The weather's hot. Football's back on our television. The Washington football team just recently played. They played the Patriots. So let me ask you this, Andy, I want to start with you. Did last night's game sway your optimism for the season in one direction or another? No, I mean, I, I don't put too much into preseason. I mean, I know a lot of people on social media whether today were like, oh, we lost, we done this, we done that. I look for more individual performances from preseason. Um, if anything, it just um, clarified what I pretty much already knew. I knew that Chase Young is only going to get better and better. Um, I pretty much knew that Fitzpatrick's going to be our starting QB. I know that Logan Thomas is only going to get better and better. Um, so, no, I mean, I didn't put too much into last night's game. Uh, stayed up for all of it, stupidly, but... Um, no, I think my expectations are already high, Elliot, if I'm honest. I mean, uh, we made the playoffs last season. We gave the Tampa Bay Buccaneers probably the hardest game that they had leading up to the Super Bowl. And I've said this many times on, on our show, on paper, we have an amazing team. We now need to put them pieces together through the next two games in preseason. And we need to hit the ground running come week one. My expectations, like many Washington fans, and I'm not going to be shy about saying it, they're very high. You know, it's why we watch sport. You should have high expectations. I want to go back to the playoffs. I want to go to a Super Bowl. I want to see my team finally play in the Super Bowl and not watch reruns on YouTube of when we played in a Super Bowl. So my expectations were already very high. 
the first preseason game didn't really sway me either way. It was preseason. It was practice, really, at the end of the day. And I know that might sound a, a shitty thing to say, but I, I wanted to see what our rookies done. I wanted to see the different positions and how we have been formed. You know, we had uh, Reyes, uh, Patterson, I mean, all them guys that I just wanted to see. I was interested to see how they are going to develop over the next three weeks. And like I say, expectations are already high for this Washington football team. So, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to go, my man. I'm ready too. Eric, how about you, man? Did your opinion change at all? Yeah. Um, I my my expectations skyrocketed because I saw that we have punt returners that go forward. So <laughs> and there's two of them to choose from. Uh so you know, that was my main question mark coming into the season is uh, you know, which guy we're gonna have to run sideways and backwards on punt returns. So uh I thought Milne and um I always forget his name. Carter. Carter, yeah, yeah Milne, yeah. I want to say Jackson, but yeah. Uh yeah, I thought they both did great. Um and I thought, you know, and, and I thought that Steven Sims actually didn't play poorly. He didn't punt return great, obviously, but uh, he didn't play poorly. But I think both of those guys passed him even at the wide receiver spot. I think uh, just based on that game, they look like they're a little bit ahead. So that's that's pretty cool. Um, you know, we didn't see a lot out of like Jamin Davis. I think he's kind of he's going to have to ease into his role. I don't think he's a and I think I said this before. Uh, we even drafted him that if we were to take him, he wouldn't be like a day one dominant player, but it, the potential is through the roof. So I, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. There's a lot of growth to happen. Um, but I do think that this team should contend, especially based on all the clips and, and headlines I'm reading around the rest of the division this week. Um, I must have watched that Daniel Jones pass like 500 times where he just <laughs> he just threw it straight to a linebacker. With the, I don't know if it was his fault or not, but it's hilarious. Um, he's 4-0 against us, by the way. Um but yeah, I'm, I'm excited for the season. I, I thought last night was a nice snippet. There was nothing glaringly awful uh, in any aspect of the game, um, but there was stuff to improve on, but it's all coachable stuff. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I, I agree with both you guys. I think I got a little bit optimistic when I saw Patterson because Eric, you and I talked about him and we were like, oh, I'm not sure if he's going to make the roster. JP Finley just recently said he's probably a lock for the practice squad until last night I don't know if that changed anything but one of my big concerns was RB2 going into the season and he looked like he might be able to do something there but then I have to remind myself he was Mason against, comma yeah. Marcus <laughs> yeah. Marcus Mason right that should always be at the back of your mind in the preseason or, or Lake Seastrunk Eric's favorite Lake, running back. Yeah, yeah my guy wow. <laughs> we can so, just dedicate a whole show to that <laughs> but I mean it was a little bit encouraging I'm not going to say it really like took me up like oh I'm, I'm now predicting we're going to have 13 wins or anything like that but it was encouraging to see um, on that same note, Andy, did anything major stand out to you from last night's game that really kind of piqued your interest? I know we need a new kicker. Yes. And we need a new kicker now. Right now. You've been, Ellie, you've probably been, Eric, you've probably been on Twitter all day. It's been people backwards and forwards over this guy all day. I'm not quite sure how he still has a job, if I'm honest. I still have Wembley in the back of my mind sitting right behind you know I've waited for god knows how long to see my team come and play in the NFL London game and we tied because Hopkins couldn't get a chip field goal I mean my main issue with it that's been standing out is Ron Rivera always preaches competition for places competition for places this guy can just turn up and play week after week season after season yeah his stats are okay most of them are kickoffs not being funny, but if you're not, if your stats aren't good at a kickoff, if you're, you know, on in the NFL, then you're really in the wrong possession, in the wrong profession. It's going to be, you look at our last five games in the NFC East this season, they're against, they are against the divisional games. 
it could come down that we need a kick to win the NFC East. It could come down to a, we need a kick to make a playoff, to a wild card. We're going to, you know, this guy, in my opinion, is going to cost us more games than he's going to win us. And it stood out alarming for me. All this, oh, well, he had a new long snapper. Well, what was the excuses the last two seasons when Nick was here? What was, what's, you know, people coming out on social media today saying, oh, it's only preseason. I've seen many Washington fans come out today and say, no, it's not only preseason. This guy's been trashed for two seasons now. If this was any other team, and it's probably the only thing I question Coach Ron on, because the rest of it, I'd run through a brick wall for the guy. It's the only thing I question him on. Why is there no competition for this? Everyone sees it as, oh, well, he's only a kicker. He only kicks field goals and blah, blah, blah. But that could be one of your most vitalist positions that you need in a football team and for me it's getting overlooked yeah absolutely and if you look at the the history of the nfl most of the leading scorers are kickers in the history of the mm-hmm. nfl you know and and you pointed out you touched on something that i think is one of the few things about ron rivera that kind of irks me a little bit is the inconsistency with the implementation of the competition rule you guys remember how many opportunities troy apke got last year at safety mm-hmm. when he was clearly getting toasted and rivera would have an ex- i don't want to say an excuse but a reason as to why that happened he did he's doing the same thing with hopkins i don't know why that is there's got to be something I'm not claiming to be a coach or anything like that, but I wish it was just more clear about what the reason was that he's being given that length of a rope there. That's all. Mm. Uh, Eric, what about you, man? What stood out to you? Yeah. The, I mean, obviously the kicking game was huge. Um, and, you know, it, unfortunately it's not as easy as just bringing somebody in. I mean, competition is absolutely there. We should, should absolutely do that. But is there somebody out there that can beat Hopkins out as, as average to bad as he's been? You know, there's a lot of guys that are, you know, who's the guy on uh, YouTube that's always posting oh, destroy destroying, you. bring him yeah. in, yeah, bring, bring him, him in, bring in destroying. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, the kicking game, obviously we got to get that fixed. And um, I did notice not so much on field goals because it's so quick, but on the punts, Cheeseman was off on a couple of punts. Cause if you go back and watch, you can see Tress has to sidestep to catch mm. on occasion uh, on more than one occasion. So um, I mean, I, there probably is something to the long snapper aspect, but that's definitely not the only thing because Hopkins had one of the top long snappers in the league last year and still struggled, especially early in the season. Um, he did kind of he did kind of work his way through it and was was better towards the end of the year. But uh, I don't know that the team can survive another year like that. So they should definitely bring in competition. But as far as uh, something else that stood out to me, um, I don't want to sound I'm going to get my uh, my dear Stan out, but uh, Taylor Heineke as a backup. I think uh, he cemented his role probably as the number two. I don't think he beats out Fitzpatrick at all. I know I left a little bit of a a little bit of a door open for that, um, but I think that Fitzpatrick was perfectly fine in his role and really seemed to have command of what he was doing. And Heineke did what he does. He comes in and he runs around and he makes you know he makes a couple of plays. I don't know that Heineke could survive physically a full season at quarterback. And I think that he plays multiple games in a row. Teams will figure out that he can't throw left like Zoolander. Um, But uh, I think as a backup quarterback, he could actually be like a Fitzpatrick type backup who can just come in and wreck your game plan. So if that's his role and and he he has to do that a couple of times this year, I think that would be great. So I thought he, you know, from the the practice reports weren't, haven't been glowing for him at all. Um, He's apparently struggled quite a bit in practice, but he showed up and he brought it in a game just like he did last year. So if he, if you go into the season. Do you think he'll be one of them players, Eric, that like many players over the years don't perform well in practice and come game day, they're just, yeah, they're amazing. Do you think think he might be one of them quarterbacks? I do. I mean, just based on what we've seen from him thus far, I don't know. Obviously I haven't seen him practice, but I mean, every time he's come in, like things have happened. 
mm. uh, you know, against Carolina, against obviously against Tampa. And then last night he moved the ball. Uh, he, you know, the defense, you know, was running around circles trying to keep up with him. He was just making things happen. I think part of the issue is that he he's his style of play is very like imp- improvisational. Um, and I, you can't really replicate that in practice because practice reps are very structured. So he probably doesn't shine as well when he has to, you know, one, two, three, hit your guy. Um, but if he can get out and get somebody in his face and kind of move around a little bit, he loosens up and he makes plays. That's what it looks like to me. I hope mm-hmm. that's how it turns out. I, I, I'd rather not go into the season with him as the starter, but if he has to come off the bench and, and win a game, I think he can absolutely do that. So that, that definitely stood out to me last night. And also Montez is terrible. <laughs> what i love to see montez do though it's some praise i am impressed he can move well for a big lad yeah he's a big guy he's got like the like you look at him and you think like josh allen because he's got that build he's got that like mobility he's got that i would love to see him just not even aim for anybody just go out and uncork it one time and throw it 80 yards because if you look at him throw you, you can see he can totally do it yeah like even though those little short dump offs i mean he was just rocketing those things so he could totally do that but i just you, you see, you know, the mold of Josh Allen, but definitely not, we're not comparing him to Josh at all. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Heineke, he, he missed some easy throws and, and, and you're right though, Eric, like it's hard to make a career in the NFL off of going off script. You know what I mean? Because at some point you then become a casualty of the offense and players can't do what they're supposed to do. And, you know, broken plays happen, but you can't really game plan on offense for broken plays to occur. So, yes, but as a uh, backup quarterback, you can absolutely do so many guys over the years that have done exactly that. Yeah. So that could be an absolute role for him. I'm I'm with you there. I think like go back to like Rodney Pete and Ty Detmer and those type of guys. That's exactly what they did. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, look, the thing that stood out to me, you know, we've been arguing all offseason on Twitter about AGG versus Harmon, right? And it was like, you know, Harmon's got this spot locked up. AGG is going to take it. You know what they had? They had two targets combined last night. That that makes me nervous, right? Because I think we were counting on – well, first of all, we, we're arguing about the sixth receiver, which in, in most games won't see but three or four minutes in the game anyway. But the fact that they were on the depth chart behind everybody else, I think Carter got in the game before those guys did and was getting serious reps. So maybe we wasted our entire offseason arguing over two guys who aren't going to be factors whatsoever, right? That, that could be a possibility, um, especially because the guys ahead of them are special teams players. And those two aren't really special teams contributors. So uh, maybe it looks bad for both of them. I don't know if that was just they wanted to see what the other guys could do. Um, against better competition or if those guys are really that far down on the depth chart and we've just been fooling ourselves this entire offseason but I kept looking I was like man where's Gandy Golden man where's Harmon at you know and then I woke up this morning I looked at the uh, box score and I'm like one target for Harmon one catch no catches for Gandy Golden one target and I'm like I would have expected more because if those guys were in serious competition for major roles this this season I'd want to see him in the second quarter, really getting a lot of reps and a lot of looks from the quarterback. But I, I to me, it looks like we're we're not really going to see a lot of them. Now, that's reading a lot into one preseason game. But when you only have three now, you expect to see a little bit more out of the contributors a lot earlier on in the game. So I, I am putting a, flag, a red flag on that, and I'm going to look out for that for the rest of the uh, preseason there. So next week, we go to uh, Cincinnati, or we play Cincinnati, I should say. Um, what do you want to see uh, from us against the Bengals, Andy? 
just to see how more in tune we can become, let, get the ones, get a few more reps. I mean, you look last night, look at that play that Fitzpatrick made to Logan Thomas. I think they highlighted it today. I think I saw it on Good Morning Football and I saw it going around uh, Twitter a few times. You know, he, he's getting that ball out. Logan's still halfway through his route. And so they're kind of getting there now. You know, I just want to see more, more of that synchronicity that we, that we, that we're going to need. We haven't had it for so long. You look at last season, Alex Smith, Haskins, Carl Allen, you know, it, it's just been a, it's just been a, a cluster. I can't swear, but you know, it's been a cluster F for, for seasons now. I just want to see, I just want to see that come together. Uh, Jamin Davis, I'm interested to see. Like Eric said, I think he needs to to ease into it a little bit more. I'm not sure how much he'll see of the field next week now. I think, you know, they might ease him back a little bit. Um, Reyes, you know, is going to see more of the field. And like like you said, Eddie, are we going to see more of AGG and Harmon? Are they going to get more reps now? I'm interested to see where we're going to where we're going to go now. I, I, I always baffles me. I mean, we have it over here with our soccer. I mean, our first team players get more and more game time as the preseason goes along. Well, it was in the NFL. That kind of doesn't happen. I mean, a lot of people today were, oh, the, the Washington football team have forgotten how to tackle because, you know, and I just tweeted, it's because they don't do it in practice. Yeah. We've done it for God knows how long. So I just want to see that. I want to see the ones get more reps. I feel we need, we need it going into week one. We're playing a very, I think we're kind of all expecting Washington to t- turn up. It's week one. We're at FedEx. We just made the playoffs. We're, you know, the charges is going to be a very, very hard game. So yeah. I, I just want to see I want to. I'd rather see Fitzpatrick play a whole quarter, yeah. and, and maybe the start of the second quarter, just to get that synchronicity going. Because come week one, we're going to need that. He's going to need to be on when people come out of their routes and stuff like that. He's going to need to be on on the ball. Pardon the pun. So I'd like to see the ones get a lot more time on the field. I'm, I'm with you there too. And to keep in mind, you know, with the less preseason games, the second game should be the dress rehearsal game that we're mm-hmm. used to in the third game. So hopefully. Ron Rivera isn't worried about tipping his hand and he just goes for execution and our, and our guys get a little bit more time. One thing I, I wanted to mention about Jamin Davis too, was something that I think he's going to have to do is get stronger at the NFL level, man. I saw him make a couple of tackles and the guys were just pushing right through. He was holding on for dear life, but those guys were taking him down the field too. So hard to be a middle linebacker when you, when you can't bring the thunder like that. So it'll come to him. I, I feel confident about that, but it, it's just going to take a little time. Um, Eric, what do you want to see from us first of Bengals? Yeah. Uh, well, the first thing I wanted to see was uh, more Jamin Davis. So I would like to see him a little bit more involved um, because he's going to, I think he's going to be a big part of the defense this year. Uh, I want to see how, what he learned, if he can take what it, whatever he learned from this game and apply it. So um, that would be, uh, that would be optimal to see him get a lot of reps and see him really make a difference in the game. Um, it looked like he struggled in pass coverage quite a bit last night, which was one of his strengths coming out. But then you got to remember the dude only played like 11 games in college. So, you know, there's going to be a big learning curve for him. I just want to see him continue to try to get better. And outside of that, I'm actually, uh, I'm very intrigued by Reyes now. I was kind of like, <laughs> I was kind of like, he's a, thinking of him as kind of a sideshow, a uh, little eye candy for the ladies uh, <laughs> coming into the preseason. He did okay. But, I mean, he was the third best tight end last night. I think he played better than uh, Seals Jones. And I think he played better than, uh, oh, 88, who, you know, eights. No, 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 Hemingway. It's Hemingway. Yeah. Did you see that play where Hemingway got flattened? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that didn't happen to Reyes. Reyes held his own in blocking. He made, you know, it wasn't a clean catch, but it looked like he ran a good route. So um, that's more important than the the catching will come with with coaching. And it's his first NFL touch, and he bobbled it a little bit. 
that could be nerves. You want to see, you know, that could be a thing also, but I, that doesn't concern me as much as he was where he needed to be when the ball got there. So that's fantastic. And I'm actually, he definitely out, was the third best tight end. I thought uh, uh, the kid we drafted played pretty well uh, when he was in. Um, and, and then Logan Thomas is Logan Thomas. But yeah, Reyes actually, I'm very intrigued by him now. I'm excited to see if he, could possibly eke his way onto the roster this year. And I, I was thinking, you know, at best practice squad for him earlier, but you know, the way those other two guys played last night, I think that he, he could have a legit chance at actually making this roster. So that's exciting. Absolutely. Um, for me, I want to see our corners tested on the boundaries more against Cincinnati and because like, you know, the offense that they run, especially with Cam Newton in the game, is very middle centric, you know, Cam Newton, he, Cam Newton, he gets the read off the play fake and then he's going to the middle most of the time. Right. He didn't get a lot of attempts. I mean, the, the, the pressure was there instantly, which I love. I love that. But I want to see our corners get some work and they start to form that chemistry in the secondary. Otherwise, I think, you know, I, I too, like you said, Andy, I want to see more Fitzpatrick because mm -hmm. has he truly learned to be more disciplined at the position? And do we want him to be more disciplined at the position or maybe just be himself and we live with those results, you know? But I want him to get as many reps as possible to get familiar. If, I think Brian Mitchell had said this on Twitter or something like that, but it was going around. If this was week one, Curtis Samuel would play. I wanna see him on the field. I wanna see what he is. I wanna see what he's going to be for us. And I wanna see more Diami Brown. I thought Diami Brown had some plays where he looked electric, even just without the ball. But I want to see more of the ball in his hands and him doing what he does to start establishing his identity in the NFL. But, you know, I, like you said, I'm not going to put too much stock in it. It's preseason, but there are things that we can glean from that, you know, with the games being on TV. So, um, all right. So some players had some really decent performances. And as a result of that, Andy, are there any players that you're like, OK, I've seen enough. Take the rest of the preseason off. We'll see you week one. Any player I'd maybe say that about is maybe Antonio Gibson, just because of the injury situation. And I think we're going to rely on him quite heavily uh, this coming season. And he's a player, I think, I said earlier, I'd done a show earlier today over here in the UK. I think we've only seen 75% of him yeah. at the minute. I think this guy is only going to get better and better. And I think, you know, he, he could go anywhere he wants to go in football. I really do rate that guy really highly. So just because of an injury and it's Washington and we can't go a whole preseason without having one person get a major injury, I wouldn't mind seeing him just shelved for these two games or maybe play a couple of downs, take a couple of snaps and then go and sit down and enjoy the rest of the, you know, just go and have practice. And then week one really hit the ground one in. So apart from that, I'm like you said earlier, Ellie, and like I mentioned, I, I want to see as much of the ones as I can now. So Gibson for me, maybe just rest him just purely from an injury uh, standpoint. Yeah. I, every time he got the ball, I was holding my breath last night mm -hmm. because I'm like, man, this team is going to go where he takes us because like you said, his potential is just that high. And I think he changes this offense. You don't want Fitz to be a quarterback who doesn't have a running game behind him to at least fool the defense or take some pressure off the passing game because then we become one-dimensional and then he starts to have issues. So good point there, Andy. Eric, what about you, man? Who are we putting on ice? Yeah, I would put Chase Young on ice. Uh, selfishly, I always want to see Chase Young play because he's just so much fun to watch. And he just – oh, that move he put on win last night was – it was so <laughs> nice. I watched that 100 times afterwards. It was so cool uh, just to see him. But we know he's good to go. Um, so yeah, I, I do not want to see anything happen to him. I think they should bubble wrap him. 
Gibson, again, Gibson is, it's weird because like we've been told repeatedly that like the injury that he had is still there, but it's not something he's really going to make worse. It's just not going to get better. He's just going to have to deal with it, but it is scary to watch him run. And I think he's going to, they're setting him up to have a, a McCaffrey type uh, role in this offense where he's yeah. going to be in the run game pass game. They really, really need him because they don't have anybody to replace him. So um yeah, I think he should probably get a carry or two and then just uh, go sit on the sideline with Chase. Um, so uh, 100% with you on that. And then, yeah, outside of that, everybody should play. Definitely need to see more of the quarterbacks. Uh, maybe Montez can sit. Um, <laughs> I, Eric just, really doesn't like I'm him. Like, he's my he's my late sea strong this year. <laughs> there goes that Steven Montez uh, jersey I was going to get you for Christmas. but Yeah, the Montez, that yeah, that's fine. You know what? You guys all had good points. I'm going to say Logan Thomas just because he's had some durability issues. I mean, I'm not, you know, it just he's one of those guys that I think at the tight end position, the other guys look decent, but we don't have the depth at tight end to where I feel I'd feel comfortable if Logan Thomas had to miss multiple weeks and think that we'd still be okay. I would love to see them build chemistry more between him and Fitzpatrick, but if it means that there's a risk of injury, I'd rather see them say, okay, take, take the pads off to sit down, protect yourself for week one, because he's established himself now as a legitimate tight end, top tight end in the NFL, not maybe not top 10, but he's a, a an effective tight end in the NFL. So let's protect that asset because I think that's one of the positions where we're very inexperienced at and therefore can't afford to take the losses. But yeah, Gibson, absolutely. Um, McLaurin, I yes, I, I want to see McLaurin put on the bench too because he's just that special for us. And you know, he's he's dealt with injuries every year, especially with the ankle. And I know he did some work this offseason to kind of strengthen his ankles, but I don't want to take that risk, man. Um, you know, the funny thing with Chase Young for me is that I'm not letting myself buy into Chase Young. Don't get me wrong, I know he's a phenomenal player, a generational talent, but some part of me just thinks that he's bigger than DC. And so when his in the next couple of years, his contract's up, I, I'm afraid, I'm terrified as a fan to invest in him because I think he's going to just be out of here and I'm going to get my feelings hurt. <laughs> so I don't like just getting so invested in him, man. He's here now and he's here for three more years. Yeah, so I, I got it. Just let the love flow, man. It's okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna try that. I'm gonna and he's a DC him. guy through and through. He loves he, he loves his hometown. Yeah, so. man. pictures of him as a kid in his Redskins. Uh, That's yeah. true. You bet if it takes if it takes keeping Jared Patterson on the roster until 2036, <laughs> lifetime contract. I, yeah. it, it's we just never had somebody of that caliber that I can remember. I mean, even Lavar when he came out, like Lavar was great, highly highly um, you know touted player. But Chase is on another level. You know, if, if he reaches his full potential, he's on a different level. Chase is Sean. He's at Sean Taylor level. He is that's, Sean the, that's where that's, he's at. I mean, that's, that's, yes. And since Ta I mean, it was Taylor. And before Taylor, I don't remember somebody. I mean, Daryl Green, probably. Yeah. Like, that's the level he can be. I mean, he's just a really special player. And that's what that's what doesn't let me buy into that. Like, just really sell myself on him. Um, all right. Any major concerns for you heading into week one, Andy? I'm concerned still. I think Eric touched on it earlier. Special teams. Who's returning punts? Who's, who's returning kickoff? You know what I mean? DeAndre Carter has been touted for it, but Steve Sims now is apparently getting good reps in uh, in practice. It's It's been a worry of mine for a few seasons now. We've never, 
you don't go into a Washington game thinking, oh, we might be finally might return a punt for a touchdown. Or we might finally, we might not fumble the, the ball on, on the five yard line and you know, have to scramble to try and pick it up and get down the field. So special teams for me, I, I've said this for many weeks now, I think it's such an important part of football. And again, it's another part that gets overlooked. You think how many points Washington have turned over probably the last two to three seasons over a fumbled punt return or, you know, a fumble kickoff return and things like that, where we've given up easy field position and we've done it countless times and through countless seasons. Now I really want us to see us lock that down. And I think if we lock that down, the potential for this team is huge. Absolutely. Uh, I could not agree more. <laughs> Eric, what are your concerns heading into week one? Yeah. Mainly kicker uh, and long snapper. <laughs> Those are my two concerns. I Tressway, he's he's locked. He's got everything else under control on special teams. He can return punts if he needs to. Um, but yeah, I mean, the kicking game is obviously after last night is extremely concerning. Um, I'd like to see a little bit more uh, out of the offensive line. They held up pretty well last night. Um, but I would like to see. I would like to get a little bit more comfortable with that with that grouping of once I know what the actual grouping is going to be. Um, you know, again, they, 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 they held up pretty well caught the Cosme kid held up pretty well. Um, but I'd like to see more cohesion from them. So I'm not putting that down as a worry yet, but uh, that's something that I'm, I'm looking out for. So offensive line and kicker. Yeah. My, my big worry is the quarterback position because we have Ryan Fitzpatrick and say what you want. He's exciting, but you know, his history, he has a tendency to, play a few good games, play some awful games, and get benched. I'm not saying that's going to happen here. I'm not projecting that's going to happen here. I don't want to. I don't want that to happen here. But behind him is Heineke, who, as you said, Eric, plays reckless, right, especially with his body, which is – that's the bigger concern for me. You throw the ball downfield in the triple coverage and you make a few of those plays, I'm okay with that. But if you're hurt and not available, what are we going to do? Right. So we have two quarterbacks in the roster and we forget about Kyle Allen, but is he healthy right now? Like, I, you know, I've heard different things. JP Finley says he's limping around practice when he's not taking reps. So I don't know if he's going to be ready week one. So now you really have two quarterbacks because Steven Montez to me, he's an athlete, but is he going to come in the game and do anything significant for us? Probably not. Not and if Eric has his way. Not if Eric. Yeah. No, I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> Eric's already cut him in his mind, but I got a I got a poster right up on this wall here. <laughs> Montez. The thing is, we all have significant expectations this season, and it makes me nervous that we don't have a quarterback who doesn't have durability issues on the roster. That's my big concern because if if Fitzpatrick plays poorly in a stretch, which he's been known to do, it, you got to go to a guy that can't stay healthy. Heineke's been hurting every single start that he's ever played. That that's that's dangerous. So what do you do at that point if you're faced with that scenario? I don't want to be in another Josh Johnson scenario, another uh, Mark Sanchez scenario where we have this team that we think can really compete in the NFC, but we we can't go forward because we don't have a quarterback that can stay healthy on the roster. So I want to see them address that. I, I I don't. It doesn't have to be somebody great. You know, somebody level of Andy Dalton, I know he's on a team right now, but we have to have somebody in the wings that if need be, we can say, hey, just just stay healthy and move the ball forward. You don't have to be phenomenal, but you have to be on the field. So, Well, when Fitz gets benched for poor play every season and backup comes in and plays, let's say that happens this season, Fitz's history is benched for poor play, replaced by another quarterback, 
Fitz comes back in due to injury or poor play by the said quarterback and lights it up again. Like Fitz coming off the bench, I have no worries about Fitzpatrick ever coming off the bench because that's like Heineke, that's or what I think Heineke can be. That's where Fitzpatrick shines. So Fitz gets a couple of starts, stinks it up a little bit, gets pulled. Heineke comes in, gets hurt. Fitz comes out, throws four touchdown passes, rinse, repeat. You'll see. I mean, I, we've made it pretty clear thus far on this podcast that we expect to see several quarterbacks this season just because of that. Um, I'm definitely not a recipe for success in the NFC, but the, the type of quarterbacks that we have are the are the, the closer type quarterbacks that actually might might be able to pull that off. So, yeah, doesn't I'm not concerned yet. Uh, well, but you're losing games along the way if that's the case. You know, if he gets benched for poor play, that means you've lost several games. No, nah, because right. Heineke comes in and wins the game, <laughs> and then Heineke gets benched. And I mean, we, how many game. weeks do you think they give it? We said on our podcast last week, you know, what Washington fans are like, if Fitzpatrick throws an interception on the first play, or oh, the yeah. first snap of the first game, people will be clambering for Heineke. You know? I mean, how, how, long, how long do we give it? He'll, he'll get as long as Hassan's got last year. That I truly believe that. If he's, if he's not moving us forward uh, in, in week four, he, let's say he's had a decent game, a good game and two really poor games. I think that's the end. I think that's the end of the rope because, you know, the the team is starting to set expectations for this year themselves, right. As an organization. And so how far can you let that thread go before you try to take proactive action to start getting some wins on the board? So like if we're, let's say one, one and two, no, excuse me, one and three um, after the four first four games, I think there's going to be a move number one, because fans are going to be killing Fitzpatrick because Heineke is a guy that has the fan favor in this town, right? Like people like Fitzpatrick too, his beard is cool, but people have a personal connection to Heineke. Number one, because of the story behind Heineke, right? Just coming out of nowhere, about to give up on his dreams, sleep on his sister's couch, comes in and plays a great game in the playoff game. People relate to that. So a lot of fans have really hitched their wagons to Heineke. And so the, the rope for, for Fitzpatrick is only going to be as long as it was for Haskins last year. That's what I think. What about you? I agree. Yeah, I'm 100% with you. I think Washington being Washington, we all know what it's like. You're not going to get too much time. Um, and the clambering for Heineke was only after one game. It's the only thing that scares me. It was yeah. one game. Where do we go if he comes in and stinks out the joint? We can't bring in Montez. Eric will he'll run off the nearest. He'll run off the nearest bridge. We can't do that. So what's it, in Washington? You sometimes need a plan A, B, and C. Yes. You know, so I'm kind of worried where we go with that, but. I don't know. It, we've said many. It's, it's with Fitzpatrick is going to be entertaining no matter what we do. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I would. I think Fitzpatrick will have a little bit of a longer leash, just depending. On, I mean, it just depends on how bad he plays. I think bad, Fitzpatrick bad is bad. Um, he still he so reminds me of like Rex Grossman back in the day, where it's just like good fits and bad fits, except it's Fitz magic and Fitz tragic. Um, but I think that. His, I guess, I guess the way the team has responded to him thus far, from what I'm hearing, I think he's got a little bit of a, a longer leash than what Haskins did because the team was not behind Haskins last year because they saw what they saw what we saw, they saw what the coaches saw. But with Fitzpatrick, that's not the case. As long as the team is still rallying around Fitzpatrick, even if he's playing poorly for a couple of games, I think he might have a little bit of a longer leash. I think if they're stinking it up, I don't know when the bye week is. I think it's like a midseason bye you could see a change there if things aren't going well, but I, I don't think there's a change before the bye week next year. What worries me is all the division games near the end of the season. He's yep. stinking out the joint then, and then you're bringing in Heineke for all these division games, which yeah. is going to define your season, really. Yep. 
That that's dangerous. This is <laughs> the closer. Mark mm. Heineke bringing fits just like they did with uh, in Miami last year. Bring mm. him in the fourth quarter. That's a terrible idea. I would never condone <laughs> that, but I, you know, do what you got to do if you're trying to win the division. <laughs> All right, I'm going to close it out like this. So Haskins had a pretty good game last night. Andy, does that move the needle for you at all that he's doing okay in Pittsburgh and we let him go? Nah, I'm glad he's doing okay, but I think we made the right choice letting him go. It could go. It might just the fact that it could be a life thing. He needs to be educated on life and football. He's in the right place to do that now. He's not that he wasn't with Ron Rivera, but I don't think Ron Rivera had the time to babysit him. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's in a he's in a very heated organization. He's in the capital city. Lights are always on Washington for normally all the wrong reasons. So Ron Rivera is probably thinking, hey, look, I haven't got time to babysit you and coach you in life and be that father figure that you need. He's now got that uh, in a great coach at where he is. So I hope the guy does well. You know what I mean? No, I don't want to wish ill on anyone. I hope he hope he turns his career around. I hope more importantly, I hope he turns his life around. Yeah. saw a little bit of the highlights last night. So yeah, I, I wish him nothing but success. I'm not one of them Washington fans. that's like, oh, great screw Haskins. You know, he, he's a young man. He needs to learn. Yeah, for sure. Eric, you feel the same way? Yeah. Um, I don't I, I don't really care about Haskins anymore. Honestly, he's not here. He's in a, on a team that I hate. Um, but I, I, I don't wish any ill will on him. Whatever happens there, if it if he turns it around, it wasn't going to happen here in D.C. This was not a good spot for him <clears throat> for whatever reason. Um, a lot of people are putting that on this team saying, you know, the team didn't believe in him, blah, 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 blah. And that's probably true. But I always go back to like what my coach has told me is you can't control the situation, but you can control how you handle it. He did not handle it well here. So it's both parties were at fault. Um, and we saw here, you know, he tended to put the work in when he was the backup. Once he got the starter role, he relaxed. That happened both times he got the role last year. Uh, so we'll see how it works out in Pittsburgh. Wish him the best. I hope he does well there. I hope Pittsburgh loses every game all the time anyway, regardless of who the starter is. But if Haskins there, I hope he throws for 4,000 yards and 25 touchdowns while they lose every game. So good for him if, he may, if it works out. We'll see. I like it. Fellas, thank you so much.